wow. Wow. <laughs> Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Oh, I'm so sorry to do that to you. <laughs> That is absolutely the dumbest shit that I think I have ever put together in the history of history. Probably the dumbest thing anybody's put together. Uh, so obviously the Oscars happened. And uh, if you've like deleted your social media and you've been living under a rock, you haven't heard about it. But uh, Will Smith uh, smacked the shit out of Chris Rock. And it's such a nothing event. Like it's so it's so silly. It's so stupid, like the rest of the Oscars, but it's uh, it, it's a nothing event, but it's been blown up so huge uh, to where it, it's literally dominating like all of social media. You cannot go on any social media site and not see the memes or not see the video clip and not see people's reactions to it one way or the other. Uh, and, and I mean, the reactions run the gamut from... Uh, posting memes uh, nonstop, which some of them, for the first, like, four hours, they were hilarious. And then you started seeing the same shit pop up all the time. Um, but then you start, you know, and, and and there's also people being angry at it, people being angry that, you know, Will Smith ruined the Oscars, and I would argue Amy Schumer did that. Uh, but, you know, you've got people saying, um, you know, Chris Rock is, is you know, he deserved it, he should have gotten punched, uh, you know, Will Smith should have gone up there and kicked his ass. Uh, you've got people talking shit about Jada. <laughs> like, like it just fucking runs the gamut. It's so weird. And and the ones that I think are the weirdest are the ones that are saying that, uh, you know, this this ruined the Oscars and that the Oscars are this like, you know, practically holy night in the in the world of cinema. And... The other ones that I find hilarious are are the celebrities uh, like Amy Schumer, who uh, have come out and said, I am I am triggered and traumatized and and I'm scared to do comedy now. And uh, and I'm like, you're scared to do comedy at your shows. You have security because security is there to protect you from poor people like us. The reason why why Will Smith was able to get as far as he did is because he's rich. <laughs> like. Don't do shows for celebrities and you're not going to get slapped. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. And like, I don't know, the thing that that really irritates me, and, and I tweeted about it before, was I don't mind the whole event. I don't mind it, even though, and I'll get into this in a minute, the history of it's stupid. I don't mind the whole event. I don't mind the movies. I'm not like one of those guys that's just sitting there like, oh, I can't watch any of these Oscar movies. I I like more than I think this show lets on. But the thing that I, I it just drives me nuts is what the Oscars do to people. And it it's everybody. It does this to so many people. And, and I don't think there's a type of person that is like, you know, uh, more, what is it? Like, like it will affect them more or anybody who's immune to it. It can literally just be anybody. But the Oscars turn people from everyday average idiots on the internet like myself into professional, serious film buffs and critics and, and people who, who look at the art of film and, and, and who, who view this whole event as... as this this beautiful ceremony honoring the art of cinema. Like, sorry, just fucking stupid voice. But like, that's that's what I see in my brain is these people going into a smoking room and talking about cinema. <laughs> like, it's just it's so it's so silly because, like I said, the history of the Oscars is it's kind of bullshit. Like, if you look up the history, basically. It, like long story short the whole thing started way back in like the golden age of hollywood and it was literally done by this one studio guy who was like hey uh the actors and the writers and all the cast and crew members they all want to unionize and which means i'll have to pay them more i don't want to pay them more i don't want them to unionize so what if instead of 
you know, just coming out and saying, I don't want to pay you more and I don't want to unionize. What if I just made this big fucking uh, fake puffery event where I just give them little shiny trinkets and tell them to shut up? That's the Oscars in a nutshell. That's the entire reason that the Academy exists was to to be this kind of pseudoscientific uh, industry or the pseudoscientific uh, organization that literally just hands shiny shit out to celebrities to, well, to celebrities back then to get them to shut up about pay <laughs> and, to, and to get, uh, you know, crew members to shut up about pay. Now, obviously, that didn't work. Obviously, uh, Hollywood professionals were able to unionize, which, thank God, because these people are are creative geniuses. These people are working their balls off to make these incredible films over the history of Hollywood and the history of cinema. So, yeah, they deserve more pay, and they deserve representation to get more pay. Uh, I'm not always pro-union, but, like, there's certain industries that when the workers are like more subject to being abused by the people in power, I think unions are awesome. So Hollywood is one of them because, uh, you know, I don't necessarily think actors need a, uh, a, a union, maybe, maybe at least beyond a certain like income level, like Will Smith does not need to be in a fucking union. Uh, but like, you know, your, your local like commercial actors, they probably need to be in, in a union because they're getting abused. They're getting taken advantage of, but, the whole history of the Oscars was let's make this fake bullshit academy to present people with shiny shit so I don't have to pay them. And yet here we are in 2022 acting as if this is just the, the you know, grandest, most important night in cinema because of the history and the actual objective science of movies. <laughs> and... No, <laughs> no, it's just a continuation of a bullshit tradition where we present celebrities with shiny shit. Uh, and then to top it all off, you know, the Oscars this year, like the Oscars every year are bullshit. Every year there's some fucking crazy, con uh, you know, just a, a, a fucking controversy and a scandal or something. There's always something at the Oscars. And it's it's so not this glitzy, glamorous thing. Basically, it's it's a bunch of celebrities going into an auditorium and letting out their inner trailer park and, and just dressing in, like, million-dollar dresses and just going on to the world's fucking craziest reality TV show. Like, that's that's the Oscars now because there's always some fucking drama. And this year was no different because we had the slap. We had... Three hosts that didn't really do a great job. Uh, fucking Amy Schumer. There's like pictures of it that I don't know what the fuck she was doing. But I, like I said, I've I'm not I've never been a fan of Amy Schumer. I I hate her comedy, and you know I I can't believe I'm saying I hate her comedy because I don't know who she pulled it from. But you know it's just it's so it's so terrible, and what she was doing and what the other hosts were doing, like. Uh, who is it? The the host that basically sexually harassed like three or four dudes on stage and it was just played off as a joke. And it's like, here we go again with the, you know, sexual harassment of men is, is a joke and, and it can't be taken seriously. Granted, there is a community online that is saying, hey, she shouldn't have done that because sexual harassment of, of anybody is wrong. Uh, but it's not getting any sort of attention because slap. So... It was just, it was a fucking nightmare. And then the worst part about all of it, about everything, was that they cut certain categories from being broadcast live so that they could broadcast all this other fucking bullshit. And, you know, I'll even say that, like, I don't really care that Will Smith wasn't, you know, dragged out in handcuffs or whatever. I don't, I don't give a shit. Whatever. He was there. So I don't care about that. I don't care that, you know, the apologies that are going back and forth are, are bullshit. And honestly, I don't even really care that much that nobody's apologized to Jada yet. <laughs> like, so the thing I care about is that the, these people, these categories that are deemed not worthy for television, meanwhile, fucking bullshit like like what happened and what we actually saw on television is allowed to make it in. And, and they still ran over their time. 
So we didn't get to see uh, like Riz Ahmed get his Oscar. And we didn't get to see Hans Zimmer get his Oscar. And I believe it was like 30 years since his last Oscar. So this is a big night for Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, who is one of the fucking greatest composers in Hollywood right now. Like he he has some fucking incredible music. And, and if I was more prepared for this show, I'd actually have clips of some of his music and kind of do like what I did last episode with, with uh, John Williams. But, you know, you can look it up. Just, you know, go to YouTube and look up Hans Zimmer and, and you'll recognize these films. I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, he did Inception. And Inception has like God-tier soundtrack. Thank you, Hans Zimmer. Unfortunately, you're not worthy of television. So it's uh, it's just bullshit. And like, I'm so glad that like the memes are starting to die down and the, the news about it is starting to die down. And uh, I think I saw the greatest quote uh, from, from uh, Daniel Radcliffe earlier today. Hang on, I'm pulling it up. All right, here it is. Uh, so, so I'm going to quote this here. Daniel Radcliffe says, quote, I'm just so already dramatically bored of hearing other people's opinions about it that I just don't want to be another opinion adding to it. Daniel Radcliffe, goddammit, if I couldn't love you more. <laughs> uh, I I love Daniel Radcliffe. He's, he's like probably one of the most like, like real celebrities. Like he's just kind of a, a dude. He's like, yeah, I grew up being a celebrity, but who fucking cares? Uh love his take on that. So with that, uh, you know, I think I've gone on for, for a while now. And, and you know what I didn't do? Bright Suns, travelers. Welcome. Welcome to the Bright Suns podcast. The show for pop culture nerds like myself to obsess over, dissect, love, cherish, and respect all things in the geekdom with a focus or a twist of positivity. Maybe not today. <laughs> uh, Marvel, Star Wars, DC, comic books, video games, pretty much anything we feel like talking about in the geekdom, uh, we're going to talk about it. And obviously we talked about the Oscars and we're done with that now. So, so I don't know about you guys, but I, I have just been having like, I've been having a weird week. <laughs> it's been a good week, but like a weird week. Like, uh, so I work in IT. I'm, I'm an IT uh, support engineer. Uh, so yeah, I do a nerdy job too. It's great. Uh, so I, I started a new job, uh, which I talked about, um, you know, was the reason why I can't go to, uh, to, a, uh, one of the conventions, the one that rare drop is putting on and God, I feel like such a bad guest. Cause right now I can't think of the name GCX GCX. I think, uh, if you, if you haven't watched that already, I think I, I tweeted about it. I'll, I'll maybe link it in the show notes. If I remember, um, I, I did a, a guest appearance on uh, on Star Wars and Scotch, a Rare Drop podcast, and it was so much fucking fun. Those guys are, are awesome. Uh, if you're listening, I love you guys. That was so much fun. And I'm sorry if I was like super quiet. Uh, I was just nervous. <laughs> like you, you guys are literally the second podcast that I've, I've done a guest spot on. And uh, like the whole like you have an office and you have like, uh, you know, a guy who does, uh, all the stuff, Paul, that, that, you know, I was working with, you have a guy who does, you know, reach all the reach outs and stuff. <laughs> like, that's a little intimidating for someone like me who's just running this stupid ass little Star Wars podcast in my office, my home office, uh, you know, and, and the fucking buzzer going off every few minutes. <laughs> so thank you guys for having me on. That was awesome. I really do appreciate that. And if you guys who are listening right now, uh, could go hit them up, follow them on Twitter and watch that episode because I had so much fun talking about all that stuff. But, uh, anyway, yeah, that, that was something that happened. Uh, and you know, I, I've just had like a really good week at work. Just like, you know, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I just, I've never done is actually configuring a wireless bridge. And <laughs> I know, you guys out there are like, where the fuck is the Star Wars content? I swear to God, I may be getting to it. I don't know. Uh, but I just had a really good week. I learned a lot of good shit. So I've just been in like a great mood, kind of. And then like, you know, the Oscars happened. But uh, so, you know, one other thing that I'm doing is I'm rewatching The Boys because the trailer for season three just dropped. So I'm I'm super excited about that because I've, I've been a huge fan uh, of it since I did... Uh, my first initial watch midway through season two. So I'm rewatching the boys and I'm falling in love with the show all over again. And I, I think one thing that like, I really, 
I really like about the show is the the grim but like somewhat realistic take on superheroes. Obviously, superheroes don't just exist. And, you know, I don't know if the show will ever do that. So maybe this section will age like milk. I don't know. But uh, superheroes don't just exist. They would have to be created somehow. And so that's that's a realistic thing. So like all these other superheroes that exist in, you know, Marvel and DC and stuff, some of them just exist and they're from different planes or different universes or whatever. Like there's a lot of like fantastical elements to it. But this, The Boys, if you haven't watched it, it's fucking awesome because it's like, you know, imagine all your superheroes, but if they actually like existed in our universe right here, right now, and none of their like backstories were true, you know, like, like Captain America exists. Well, actually, Captain America is probably like the closest actual allegory. So that one's not a good example. So like someone like uh, Wonder Woman, you know, Wonder Woman exists. And there's there's a there's a direct like uh, Wonder Woman metaphor character in there. Uh, Maeve, Queen Maeve. And so, yeah, you got Wonder Woman and, and, you know, she's from Themyscira and blah, 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 all this stuff. So it could be that maybe she's just a girl who was, you know, her parents uh, signed her up so that this company could inject her with some super fluid and she becomes a superhero. And then they make this backstory about her and then, you know, all this other bullshit and she becomes a superhero and they make movies and they, they promote and advertise and they're like a media empire. <laughs> and obviously it's kind of a dig at Disney. <laughs> like It's a very not subtle dig at Disney uh, and giant media empires like them. Um, but it, it's, it's a very kind of realistic take on if real people were to become superheroes and the kind of power that they have, like you see all these superheroes in the advertising, you're like, okay, those are the good guys, right? No, they're absolutely not. They're the fucking bad guys, even though they're presented in universe as the good guys. Uh, but it, it's, it's interesting because the kind of power that they have is a power that we don't really have the ability to, to play around with in our real lives. We don't have the ability to shoot laser beams from our eyeballs. So if somebody was given the ability to fly, the ability to like extra uh, super strength and, and laser beam eyes and, and speed and all that stuff, if we were given those abilities, we already know that money corrupts people, the power of money and the power of authority and government corrupts people. But what about this kind of power? This is basically the power of a god. And we've got like a hundreds people, hundreds of people with these powers. How does that corrupt them? And like, that's what this show is so interesting about. So I'm, if you haven't watched it already, I, I so, so encourage you to go do it right now. Uh, get caught up because season three is going to be starting soon. And the show is fucking crazy. <laughs> It's so dark and gritty and grim and violent and holy shit levels of sexual. <laughs> uh, but it's it's just such a different take. And, and I want to use the word refreshing. It's a refreshing take on superheroes. But when you see the actual content and, and you're like, Mike, that's what you consider refreshing? The fuck is wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> I, I swear, I'm not I'm not crazy. Uh, it's just refreshing. It's it's new. It's different. It's exciting. So I like it. Um, so yeah, the, the third season is going to be starting up, I think, in like a month. I think it's next month. I think it's end of April or something like that, that it starts. Uh, so yeah, you guys should get caught up now. Speaking of superheroes and, and you know, mid segues, uh, Moon Knight just started and <laughs> I hope you guys watched because holy shit, that pilot episode was good. Oh my gosh. Um, the first episode uh, just aired. Well, aired? I don't know. What do, you, what do you call it when like a streaming service drops an episode? Is it like the, the first time it aired, the first time it streamed? I don't know what you call it. But the first episode has done that thing. And uh, it is... A phenomenal episode. If you haven't watched, uh, definitely stop the podcast right now. Uh, go watch it. Uh, I don't care if you're at work right now, um, if you are about to go to work, or if you are on the toilet. Literally stop this podcast, open up Disney Plus, and watch it. Um, <laughs> because it's just so goddamn good. 
And I'll admit, I know nothing. I know nothing about Moon Knight. I was never, you know, a fan of the comic books. I never read them. I never did anything with Moon Knight. So this is all brand new information for me. But the first episode, within minutes, I just love Stephen, who's played by Oscar Isaac. I love him. He's he's relatable. He's kind of dorky. Uh, he's... Uh, you know, he's got the British accent that I guess is really bad. As an American, I have no idea. <laughs> but I guess people in, in England and the UK, they're kind of like, ooh, <laughs> that's not so good. Uh, whatever, I don't care. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of like instantly relate to him because, you know, he's just a regular dude and, and he's got a job that treats him like shit and... Uh, he's, he's got hobbies and passions and, and all of this. And this is all literally like within minutes that you just kind of get this information and it's done in a very good way. Um, and then like weird shit starts happening and it's, it's enough of a mystery to like keep you on the edge of your seat and keep your eyeball. Like, I feel like I didn't blink the entire episode because I felt like I was going to miss something. And you know, the mystery starts coming out of like, you know, what's going on? Cause he, he has, uh, some sort of, of sleep disorder and, and I don't, I don't remember if they said it or anything or if he ever had it diagnosed, but he has to like chain himself to the bed at night. Uh, he has like a ring of sand around his bed, I think so that he can see if his footprints go out so he can kind of see what he might have done in the night. Uh, he's got the door taped up so that he can see if he opened it, um, all sorts of stuff that that happened uh that that he has this whole setup that you know kind of proves that he has a weird very bizarre sleep disorder maybe he doesn't even have it diagnosed i don't know so yeah some weird shit starts going down and he's like uh you know he starts kind of like blinking out and and he he misses whole segments and this is after i think he fell asleep and ended up waking up in some different part of the world and he wasn't sure if it was a dream or if it's real. And if it's real, how the hell did he get there? And, you know, what the fuck is going on? He's hearing this, like, uh, weird, creepy voice calling him the idiot. <laughs> like, I, I love I love the voice. Um, from what I know about Moon Knight, which is very, very little, I believe that voice is uh, his god, which I can't think of the name. And it's in the credits. But it is, like, their god that that kind of bestows upon them whatever power he has. Uh, and and you hear just that voice, but it's clear that that voice is talking to more than just Steven. And so obviously, you know, if you have seen the trailers or if you know Moon Knight, he's talking to Mark. And, you know, crazy shit happens. And, and you know, we meet the villain and the villain's got this tattoo that moves and it judges people and you learn a little bit more about that later on in the episode. Anyway, it just I, I won't do like a whole recap, but it was just so fucking tense. It was really fucking good. It was just like it, it draws you in with the mystery and with the, you know, the, the, the you're looking at a puzzle and it's all jumbled up and you're just frantically trying to put pieces together and you have no fucking idea. Like I, I remember my wife got up. And I, you know, I paused it so that she could get up. Uh, you know, she she had to get out of the room for a second to go do something. And then I was like, now I'm starting to think. <laughs> I'm like, all right, because I'm so frantically trying to put shit together and trying to make sense of all this because it's 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 a fucking mystery that I don't understand. Wait, maybe he, Stephen, and Mark are like connected by like some weird, bizarre, cosmic, multiversal bullshittery going on, like. Maybe that's what's happening. It's two people from different universes trying to inhabit the same body at the same time. I don't fucking know. But now my brain is lit up. Like if it was in a CAT scan machine, you fucking see this thing lit up like a Christmas tree because I can't stop thinking about different possibilities that this could go. It's so easy to slip into this, this show and just like be so enthralled. So... You know, I, I, I can't say that everything was great about it, though, because uh, as much as I, I adore this show and I am so fucking excited about next week's episode and the continuing episodes after that, there was one aspect that did take me out. And it's going to be 
the thing I think that's going to be the bane of existence for a lot of Disney Plus shows. And it's that the CGI during the car chase scene was bad. <laughs> like, you can't tell me that that looks good. I was wonky as fuck. And I don't think it's a budget thing. Because, by God, it's Disney. They have to have the money for this. They can throw ungodly amounts of money at every project that they do and it wouldn't even be a fraction of a percent of their bottom line so it's got to be time it's got to be just a time crunch thing which gets me worried because uh i i get it you know disney's a big corporation they have to you know pump out stuff to make money i get it i enjoy the stuff i let myself enjoy the stuff and i don't necessarily think you know you always have to think of of the consequences of you know the stuff that you're consuming but uh, you know sometimes you have to and so what gets me worried you know being a, a fan of video games for my entire life is are they putting a lot of pressure on their creative folks uh for like crunch time like how long did it take people to do that CGI work? I bet the overall was not long. But how many hours they worked per day to get it done in whatever short period of time was probably a lot. And it was probably down to like a handful of people to save money. So that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that because the... Uh, the CGI on some of these shows is is a little weird. Like the Luke Skywalker face in the Mandalore, what was it, season one? The finale. Uh, it was, no, I'm sorry, season two finale. It was uh, the Luke Skywalker, you know, uh, deep fake face was, it was, it was, it was okay. But you had people going online and they were saying, this is literally the greatest CGI that's ever existed. This is the best. No one's ever matched this. Marvel, eat your heart out. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> hold up a second. Because like, we're, I think we are post Endgame at this, at this point. And, and there was an entire scene in Endgame that I didn't realize had CGI suits. So it's not as good as, as Marvel, but it was okay. And now you've got Moon Knight and the CGI is, is kind of wonky. And you had... Book of Boba Fett, and while Book of Boba Fett had some some great moments of CGI, there was a few that were a little weird. So it gets me a little bit worried that in order to crank out all these shows, maybe even because it's all under Disney, they just got like one big fucking studio doing it. Who the fuck knows? Disney's a, a, a fucking rat's nest of corporations and subcontractors and shit, so who knows how this is all going down. But if if what they're doing in order to crank out these shows in the time period that we're getting them, because we are getting a shitload of stuff, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I am not mad that we are getting so much content. I'm worried because I want to make sure that the people bringing me that content are treated well. So I'm concerned. I would like if like Disney could come out and like, just kind of show us the basement that these, you know, creative people work in. And just let us know that they're being fed every so often. So, like, if if you are a creative person that worked on one of these projects, like, reach out to me. And just, I want, I have so many questions for you. Uh, I know no one will. <laughs> I don't think anyone who listens to the show is a creative person on a, you know, huge uh, Disney or Marvel project. Um, I, you know, I, I keep it real. I know, I know my show is very small. But if you are, my DMs are open for you. Um, but overall, Moon Knight, fucking phenomenal show. I absolutely cannot wait for the next episode. I have, I have thoughts. Uh, I have expectations. I have theories. And we'll just kind of see where it goes. But uh, the first episode, if you haven't watched it, go watch it right now. And if you haven't watched it and you just listened to my whole spiel there, the fuck are you doing? Go watch it. It's so good. So... Um, yeah, and, and Oscar Isaac, holy shit, fucking powerhouse. I love Oscar Isaac. I, obviously, I love Oscar Isaac because he played Poe Dameron. And, uh, you know, my boy Poe, one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. I don't, I don't have, like, favorites, favorites. Like, I don't, like I said, I don't like making lists of favorites. But, like, 
Poe Dameron, I'm always going to think Poe. So Oscar Isaac is just a phenomenal, phenomenal actor. I love him. He's great. Uh, But he does so well in these two completely different characters. And so far, we've barely seen one of them. (laughs) Like, we've seen him in a mirror reflection. Oh, and by the way, like, uh, that's what I wanted to talk about. The, The scene in which we first get like our visual scene of of Mark uh, and not Steven is in the bathroom while this fucking creature is about ready to tear the door down and just rip Mark, uh, rip Steven to shreds. It is such a tense scene. Uh, the thing that really stood out to me was the sound design of the like twisting, warping metal and the scratching and the pounding on the door and like the music. It was just like, it was brutal sound design it was so good and i was sitting there like i was freaking out like i was gonna get attacked and and the whole scene with with steven freaking out because steven would freak out he's the idiot who doesn't have any idea what the fuck is going on and you've got mark in the reflection like pleading with him like dude let me save us Okay, let me do this. I know how to save us. And then you fucking know what's coming. You know it's coming. And you're, oh, it's just so good the way that they did it. And then, of course, you know, he's he's fighting it at first. And then he just kind of lets himself take it. And But before the whole suit can, like, transition around him, you, you kind of start seeing it wrap around him. But before the whole suit can come out, he gets fucking attacked by the thing. And you just hear like ripping and beating and pounding and shredding and screaming and and all this stuff from the outside of the bathroom where he was hiding. And you're like, oh shit, it's fucking him up. But no. And then you see the, the, the creature, the monster thing, you know, get pushed out of the bathroom and then dragged back in. Like, holy shit, Moon Knight, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that was so fucking great. Uh, and Oscar Isaac fucking nails it as as moon knight as mark as steven and 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 he gets to do the thing that i think uh that it has to be oscar isaac i really don't think it's the writers of the show i really think it's oscar isaac he gets to break out a little bit of that like i think it's ad lib i think it's ad lib uh for the the scene that i'm thinking about with my fucking squirrel brain here uh is when the villain, and I'm so fucking bad with names. I'm so sorry. I didn't do any research uh, before this to make sure that I had names right, but the villain in the show, uh, he is talking about his his goddess, I think, uh, and, you know, mentions that, he mentions the word avatar. And that's like all Stephen hears in his panic brain is avatar. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, avatar, like blue people. I love that movie. That is not a line that I think any writer could write. I really think that's just a line that Oscar Isaac just said. (laughs) And then when when the villain was like, no, no, that's not it. His brain immediately went to, oh, like like the anime, like like he knew that the anime existed and he was going to be like, oh, I'm not familiar with it. But like, it's just such like a real reaction (laughs) to being scared and trying to like, you know, stand. I don't want to say stand your ground, but like trying to like not show that you're scared (laughs) like oscar isaac fucking nails it oh my god he's so good i could go on for fucking days about why i love him uh so yes moon knight 100 i am so fucking behind this show uh so excited it's going to be coming back on wednesday and hopefully if i am on top of my shit i will record on thursday and we can go over episode two uh, which would be fucking amazing. So hopefully we shall see. And holy shit, I can't believe I have to wait a fucking week for that. Uh, anyway, what else is going on? Um, so more news in, in Hollywood. Um, and one thing that I, I did just want to do was uh, I did want to mention uh, Bruce Willis retiring. Uh, it is a very sad thing. It's not a happy reason. He's retiring because he was diagnosed with aphasia and aphasia aphasia related to a brain injury. Uh, And aphasia is your is is when you lose the ability to communicate. And I believe it's when you lose the ability to speak and also understand what people are saying to you. So it's it's complete two way breakdown. Uh, And and it's it's not something that. I believe from my history of working with um, 
the elderly when I was an EMT. It's not something that I think just gets better or comes and goes. Uh, I think it's it's a slowly declining situation, and it's unfortunately uh, happening to Bruce Willis. And I I I fucking love the guy. Uh, the dude has been responsible for some of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, so without further ado, one thing that I did want to do was I just wanted to just play a couple of clips from some of my favorite things uh, that Bruce Willis has brought us, some of my favorite Bruce Willis moments. Uh, and and we can kind of live his career again through all of this. So uh, first up is uh, one of the first movies that I saw him in and one of the first movies that kind of, uh, you know, blew up his career in a good way is, uh, well, I'm, I'm not even going to say it. You're just, I'm going to play it and we'll talk about it then. So hold on. Here it comes. You ready? Eight Lincoln 30 to dispatch. 8030, go ahead. Yeah, that's a wild goose chase over here at Nakatomi Plaza. Everything here is okay. Oh, you over. know what it is already. But nobody has no place to go. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Damn, God damn it, is Carl Winslow. Welcome to the party, pal. He said the line. <laughs> obviously, obviously that's Die Hard. Uh, such a great, great classic action movie. Uh, everything about it is just like this, this classic action. And, and uh, it's just perfect. It's such a great great classic action movie i know i just repeated myself like nine times because i have no words for how to describe this uh so good so so good uh let's see what else do we have uh okay one of my favorite movies of all time uh this clip is probably gonna go a little bit longer but uh it's gonna be well worth it it's gonna be super worth it all right here we go you ready it's the biggest we're here starting out. It's a great honor to be on this talk show. He's so great. Yes, I'm sure you're very excited, but I'm on my vacation. I don't want to be bothered. Prefer to remain in Classic sci-fi movie. Alright, now this, this is more credit to Chris Tucker. Incredible character. Incredible character. Oh, Fifth Element, one of Luke Besson's greatest achievements of all time. <laughs> Such a good sci-fi movie. It is, uh, it's so much fun. It's funky. It's kind of weird. It's, it's definitely weird. It's Luke Besson, but like, it's so weird. <laughs> and it's one of those movies that if, if you don't have somebody that you're, if you're watching it with somebody and they're not like a crazy uh, kind of okay with the weird and the kind of goofy sci-fi, uh, they're gonna, they're gonna not like it. <laughs> like, uh, my wife likes the movie, but she doesn't understand why I love the movie. And uh, there's, there are no words to describe why I love that movie and why I will sit there and watch it a hundred fucking times. It's just perfect. The casting is perfect. The story is perfect. The acting is impeccable. And of course, leading man, Corbin Dallas, played by Bruce Willis, it can never be repeated. This is a movie that I will go to my grave saying that they will never, ever, ever, ever be able to replicate this movie. They will never be able to redo it and capture anything anything similar to what they captured this first time. It is such this perfect slice of time and slice of, of a genre that it's, it, you can't mimic it. You can't replace it. You can't try to redo it. It's perfect. And it only exists in that form. And I love it. <laughs> it's just so, so goddamn good. In fact, it's so good 
that uh, I am going to play another clip from that movie just because I love it so much. And this one is definitely more, uh, a, a, you know, a scene that uh, features a little bit more of Bruce Willis's actual voice. Uh, but the hard thing about finding lines in this movie by Bruce Willis is that he plays the character so kind of cool. And, you know, he's kind of a kind of a soft spoken not very verbose character and he has his he has his lines uh but it's really how corbin dallas plays off of all of these other characters and the situation and obviously impossible to do with anybody but bruce willis he's he just he does it it's so good so anyway here's the here's the next scene and if you've seen the movie you're gonna love it uh i i quote it all the time when anybody says that uh they need to give me money for anything and you'll see what i mean what do you mean it's not loaded well, you have to, have to push that little yellow button to load it. <laughs> Take your time. Oh, God. You want me to... Okay. I wonder what drugs this guy's supposed to be on. There you go. Give it a gosh! <laughs> That's a very dangerous gun. You know, maybe you better let me hang on to this one for you, huh? You don't mind, do you? No. And the soundtrack. Sure. Oh, listen to that soundtrack. I don't need it. <laughs> That's a very nice hat. You like it? <laughs> oh my god! I fucking love this movie so much. Oh, just listening and finding those two clips. I got to watch it again. I have to watch it again. It's 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 an imperative. It's a must. Um, but obviously we know that, uh, you know, uh, Bruce Willis has more than just two sides. He has more than just two phases that he does. Uh, so let's go into one of my other favorite movies that he did, a, a little known uh, M. Night Shyamalan picture called Unbreakable. Uh, where he gets to kind of go into his uh, more dramatic phase. Um, very, very well done. Uh, uh, one of the only like very good M. Night Shyamalan movies. You know how he kind of had like this weird streak where he'd go like a really good one and then a really bad one and then a really good one and then a really bad one. Uh, luckily, this one where he got uh, Bruce Willis a second time was on, I think, the really good one. Uh, so, so real quick, I'm going to play a very dramatic scene from Unbreakable. When did he marry Elijah? He was with me when I met him. No one believes him. Joseph, listen to me. Sometimes when people get sick or hurt for a long time, like Elijah, their mind gets hurt too. When they start to think things that aren't true, he told me what he thought about your father. It isn't true. I'll show you. He pulls a gun out on his dad because he thinks the story that his dad about, is about invincible. The, about the boy that almost drowned in the pool? That was me they were talking about. I almost died. That was lying. me. I'm not lying, okay? I just didn't remember it, that's Joseph, all. You know your father was injured in college. You know that. You know all about that. Don't do it. He'll die, Joseph. I'll just shoot him once. Joseph, listen to what your mother... Just shoot him once. Don't be scared. Joseph. Now, just phenomenal acting you on all sides. pull that trigger, I'm going to leave. Do you understand? I'm going to go to New York. <laughs> You're right. If you pull that trigger, that bullet is just going to bounce off me, and I'm not going to be hurt. But then I'm going to go upstairs, and I'm going to pack, and I'm going to leave for New York. Why? Because I thought we were just starting to be friends for real. And friends listen to each other. They don't... And they don't shoot each other. Do they, Audrey? No shooting friends, Joseph. <laughs> like, Joseph, it's such a good, it's you such a good scene. I love it trouble. because, um, like, it's the scene that always sticks out in my head when I think of this movie because it's it's so tense and it's this boy who he totally believes a hundred percent that his dad is invincible. His dad's Superman. Bullets will just bounce off of him, and holy shit, actually turns out that he's right, but. <laughs> But we don't know that at this point. Uh, and it's, it's a, you know, he's trying to not be afraid. He's trying to, the, the you know, Bruce Willis's character is trying not to be afraid. 
while also uh, trying to speak to his child as if his child is a child because his child is a child. So it's it's just and it's so well done where you're not sure if he's going to do it. And, and M. Night Shyamalan being M. Night Shyamalan, he's in it for kind of the jumps sometimes, not like crazy jump scares, but he's he's in it for that kind of sudden rush of emotions. So, you know, in a quiet scene like that, a gun going off would completely just shatter everything and and like in a good way but also not going off living at that that super tension where you're just sitting there like holy shit is this kid gonna do it is this kid gonna shoot his dad you don't know it's so good and and of course uh all credit to bruce willis and the other actors in that scene they they were just so so good uh so obviously and, and, you know, like I said, it, these are just a few clips. I'm not going crazy with it. I'm not going to go into uh, all of the other movies that he's done. He's he's had an incredible career. So really, all I'm going to say is uh, that I wish Bruce Willis the best of luck in retirement. And I want to thank him for giving me some of the best movies that I, they, they got me in a place that, I, I cherish. I, I keep them very near and dear to my heart. So uh, Bruce Willis, uh, have a great retirement. Uh, to do, take care of yourself as best as you can and enjoy the time that you have. Uh, we should all be enjoying the time that we have. And I know that's super fucking grim to say it that way. Holy shit, I feel like an asshole. Um, but it's true. I mean, he is getting older and obviously there's some declining health, and we all have a limited amount of time, uh, and we should be so fortunate as to live it the way that Bruce Willis did. So uh, I do I do thank him for the career that he has had, for the, the work that he's done, and I, I wish him the very best. And um, speaking of... <laughs> I mean, there's there's really no good segue out of that, is there? Like, hey, guys, let's talk about a super depressing topic and then let's jump into fucking Morbius and Star Wars. How about that? So about Morbius. Uh, so the first reviews and this section's going to be super quick, guys. Don't worry about it. Uh, so so the first uh, critic reviews for Morbius came out and it is tanking. It's got like, I think, a 16 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Not that that fucking means anything, but. Uh, it's kind of one of those movies that you just kind of looked at and you kind of go, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I know. It's not going to be good. Um, Sony has kind of a hard time with anything in the Marvel Universe. They really, they really struggle. And it doesn't seem like Morbius is going to be any different. So, uh, you know, like... From what I'm hearing, it actually kind of sounds more frustrating than the two Venom movies. And and I'll admit, I really liked Venom, the, fir the first Venom. Venom Let There Be Carnage, I really saw as it doesn't serve a purpose. It The only purpose that it served was to get through the story to get to the end credit scene where, uh, spoiler alert, uh, where Venom gets sucked into the universe that Tom Holland's Spider-Man exists in. So the entire movie just existed for that end credit scene. So instead of having a two hour or hour and a half slog of a movie where, you know, the, the characters, the villains are not well developed and they just kind of exist and then everybody dies at the end so that nobody can continue. It's just such a, it's, it's a disappointing movie. And the only like good part of the actual movie was really that I think, uh, the movie really captured Eddie and Venom's relationship a little bit better. But, you know, that's, is that worth 90 minutes? No, it really isn't. It wasn't a great movie. It's okay if you liked it, whatever. I personally did not think it was that great. I personally think that the only reason it existed was for the end credit scene. So honestly, if this is the way Sony is going to release movies, instead of releasing, you know, $400 million movies where they only exist to serve this end credit scene, just release the end credit scene. Like, if that's all we're going to be going in to see, then fucking do that. So, Morbius, I, I normally hate spoilers. I so hate having movies spoiled for me, but I really didn't care when it came to Morbius. So I looked up some of the spoilers. And 
really the only, well, the only spoilers that I really looked up were the end credit scenes. And I guess the end credit scenes are kind of pointless. And one of them actually undoes Toombs's scene from, or Toombs's whole story arc from Spider-Man Homecoming, where he wants to get revenge on Spider-Man and he gets sucked into another universe through the, the fucking, uh, you know, purple shit that happened at the end of No Way Home. He gets sucked to another universe. Okay. Uh, now he wants to get revenge on Spider-Man. Okay, does Spider-Man exist in this universe? We don't fucking know. And he recruits Morbius to get revenge on Spider-Man. Has Morbius even had any interaction with Spider-Man? We don't fucking know. It doesn't seem like it's going to be in the story. Because, also from what I've heard about this film, is all of those Spider-Man tie-ins that you saw in the trailers don't actually exist in the movie. That was Sony lying to us. So I'm really, 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 really hoping uh, that either... This movie is, uh, the, the, the reviews and the, the leaks that I've heard and all this stuff is all fake and it actually is a good movie and it ties into the MCU very well and everything is awesome or the opposite. I hope this movie fucking bombs. <laughs> like I, I hate to say it. Sony fucking has it coming. They can't do a good job with these live action, uh, IPs. They did a fucking amazing job with Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse is a fucking classic. It's a masterpiece. And Into the Spider-Verse 2, most likely also going to be a masterpiece. So if I could have it like any way, I would say Sony Films, Sony Pictures cannot release a Marvel movie. All of their properties go back to Marvel and Marvel Disney does all of the Marvel's uh, live action shit. And then Sony Pictures, Sony Animation Studios, that's the one, Sony Animation Studios, gets bought by Disney, right? Just the animation studios. And so Sony Animation Studios can do all of the Marvel animation and, and you know, blend it in by, you know, merge teams or do whatever, but like, like get the good team away from Sony and then just let Sony go off and make fucking cameras and PlayStations. That's, that's what they're the best at, not movies. So, so really Morbius, who the fuck knows? It could be good. It could be bad. I hope it's good. I'm very much prepared for it to be bad. So finally, now that I've been yammering on forever, uh, let's get into the thing that I said I was going to do. Uh, if you guys recall, I said that I was going to post a, a tweet uh, in which I let you guys come up with uh, predictions for Kenobi. And I would read them uh, live. Well, not live. I mean, it's pre-recorded, but like I would read them for the first time right now. And guess what we're doing right now? We are going to be reading, well, we, me, I am going to be reading your predictions for Kenobi. Uh, and this is the first time I've read any of these. So I'm clicking into them now. I have no idea what to expect. It looks like we have seven comments. Uh, I'm kind of nervous about this. I don't know what you guys did. <laughs> Here we go. So the first prediction or comment or something about Kenobi. Let's see. This is thoughts about Star Wars at thoughts about Star uh, at thoughts about SW. Obi-Wan is only in one episode and it's actually the journal of charge. <laughs> it's all about how he almost accidentally brings the empire down through various hijinks. You know what? The fucking balls on, on Star Wars to do that. If Lucasfilm actually did that, kudos to them. <laughs> the fucking Journal of Charger. That's fucking awesome. Thank you so much, Thoughts of Star Wars, or Thoughts about Star Wars. I really, I, I hope that's not true, but uh, maybe, maybe. You know what? What if Jar Jar did come back for this episode, or for an episode in this? Like... I don't feel like it would go with the tone of the show that I want the show to have, but I don't know what tone the show is going to have. So maybe, maybe we'll get some Jar Jar. And if it's Jar Jar in one of these episodes, oh, it better be Ahmed Best. It's so fucking better be Ahmed Best. I would love to know that he's coming back as Jar Jar so that we can, we can kind of give him that like positivity boost that we didn't give him in the past. Like we did to Hayden Christensen. We didn't give him a good you know, positivity boost in the past and he fucking hated it. He was, he, you know, all the actors, they didn't like it. 
And now, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's revered as classic. So maybe, on the best, we'll come back. Uh, anyway, that is a good one. Thank you. Thank you, Thoughts About Star Wars. Um, if you if you don't follow any of these people that I'm about to mention, please do, because um, I'm, I'm sure they're great. Thoughts About Star Wars is awesome. Uh, at Thoughts About SW. Again, thank you very much for the comment. That was awesome. Here we go. On to the second one. The second one. Ooh, it's a... It's a multiple parter. Oh, here we go. The second one and third and fourth is from Moisture Farm Report. The Moisture Farm Report at Moisture Farm Rep on Twitter. Here we go. Obi-Wan gets found by an Order 66 survivor looking for help slash guidance. That's who he says, quote, we lost to. Okay. That would make sense that the person didn't know, uh, you know, or you know, has that kind of needs to be explained, you know, that whole thing. Okay. That's who the Inquisitors are chasing. Okay. Obi-Wan turns them away because his priority is protecting Luke and he can't do that with another Jedi fugitive around one out of two. When the Inquisitors find the Jedi who becomes the strung up body from the trailer, Obi-Wan decides to leave Tatooine and draw Reva's attention away from Luke. Somewhere along the way, he realizes that he can help Luke best by watching him over as planned and returns. (laughs) And then he says, this is all James Crackpot speculation, by the way. Let's see how near or far he is in the end. Absolutely. That would be that would be awesome. I would love to see additional Jedi survivors, because while we don't see any additional Jedi in the original trilogy, uh, we obviously know that Jedi survived the the original order 66 we know that they survived we know caleb dune is out there we know ahsoka is out there we know that there's jedi that lived uh so kind of understanding what happened to them and where they went maybe you know one thing that i think would be awesome would maybe be um uh master luminara because we know that she did survive initially, maybe, and then during Order 66 she died, but or like sometime shortly after. We know that, and we know that the Inquisitor, uh, the Grand Inquisitor, uses her to lure Jedi. That we, we learned that from Rebels. Holy shit, would that be fucking cool to see Luminara again? Or maybe even how Luminara died. That would be cool. I think that is a fucking great prediction. I think... That would be awesome to see additional Jedi Order 66 survivors. Hmm. Ah, that's a great one. Moisture Farm Report, at Moisture Farm Rep on Twitter. Absolutely thank you. That one was awesome. I I enjoy that. (laughs) All right, next one. Uh, Next one's a meme. Uh, Kelly M, at Kello underscore Ren on Twitter. Uh, She quote tweeted uh, another one of her tweets that just said this. Uh, The quote tweet says... uh, uh, Obi-Wan giving Luke a tour of his hut. And it's a picture from uh, The Simpsons of Milhouse saying, this is where I come to cry. <laughs> yes, I I would love to just see uh, Obi-Wan bringing somebody into his cave of shame. <laughs> and just being like, yeah, this is a shitty life that I live. <laughs> oh, that would be funny as hell. Uh, thank you, Kelly M. Thank you. That was awesome. I like that. All right. Uh, up next, Cotman3 at Cotman3 on Twitter. I love this guy. This guy comments on a lot of my shit. So if you're listening, hi. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi has to explain to Baru why he has an uncircumcised cock. <laughs> why is his cock out in front of Baru? <laughs> Wait, are you talking about Luke having an uncircumcised cock or, or Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> why did my brain go to Obi-Wan Kenobi standing in the hut with his dick out <laughs> and being like, all right, Peru, listen, there's a reason it's uncircumcised. Okay. It's part of the Jedi thing. <laughs> oh, maybe. Uh, is that a thing for the Jedi? Like, do they circumcise? Do they not circumcise? These are the questions we need answered, Disney. <laughs> Thank you. Godman three. Uh, let's see. Oh, my favorite guy on Twitter. Rural Farm Boy, at a Rural Farm Boy on Twitter. All I'm looking for, Mike, and a gift that says, tell me a story. Uh, Farm Boy, that is all I'm looking for, too. I I want them to just crush me with this show. Yeah, like, it's the weirdest thing. I really want them to just 
fucking destroy my soul with this show. And I know that they have to end on a more positive note. Like I said on Twitter, uh, he has to end at a point where he would see Darth Maul like he sees in Rebels and say, look at what I've risen above. Like, he has to get to that point somehow. He can't be all depressed and then, you know, off-screen kind of form into that Obi-Wan. He Like, I really want to see him evolve into that prime Obi-Wan that we saw in Rebels. And I love that we're getting so much shit that is making Rebels mandatory viewing now. Because Rebels was so goddamn good. Uh, if, you, if you've been sleeping on Rebels, don't anymore. It's mandatory viewing. You have to go watch it. So watch it right now. All four seasons. Watch it right now. All right, here we go to the next one. The Jedi in Exile, at Jedi in Exile on Twitter. Some kind of Kenobi slash Qui-Gon interaction as a Force ghost in the cave. Ooh, that would be so good. <laughs> uh, because we know at this point that Obi-Wan didn't... Obi Obi-Wan had some sort of connection with him uh, off screen, obviously, with... Um, with Qui-Gon, I think, uh, at the end of episode three, right? I think that's what he did uh, when, I think, who is it? Uh, Yoda was telling him, you know, we've we've gotten, you know, communication from your old master. And uh, I think that was kind of, it was implied that uh, I think Qui-Gon was going to teach uh, Obi-Wan how to do the whole Force Ghost thing and how to, you know, kind of have your body absorb into the Force you know, I think that was kind of the the implication with that scene. And then we got that actual story and how Yoda knows uh, in the Clone Wars. So, yeah, I think absolutely if there was some sort of Kenobi-Qui-Gun interaction, oh, oh, that would be so good. Even if it's just like Liam Neeson's voice, I think that would be good too. Even kind of like the way the way Ray heard it. But I think I think they need to bring a Force Ghost in because we have not seen a Force Ghost in some fucking time. And I want to see a Force Ghost again. Thank you, Jedi in Exile. Uh, at Jedi in Exile on Twitter. Follow them. Uh, the Skinny, at Star Wars Skinny. Uh, another podcast. Let's see. He says, He is killed and replaced by a clone. Obi-2 Kenobi. <laughs> Clones age faster, and it explains why he has white hair in nine years. Uh, another explanation for the white hair in nine years is life is really fucking hard on Tatooine. <laughs> because... Uh, uh, Uncle Owen also ages like a bajillion years in nine years. So uh, I don't know if he would be a clone. Uh, may I mean, they're kind of hinting with like things like the Bad Batch and obviously leading into the um, the sequel trilogy that cloning is an important part of the Empire, the Emperor's plan. Uh, and obviously, even from Order 66, it started as, hey, listen, uh, what if we start cloning force sensitives? Uh, which is why I think they want, you know, uh, the the remnants of the Empire want Grogu. Uh, which is why I think they uh, they they got Nala Say at the end of the first season of Bad Batch. So cloning is obviously super important. Whether or not they clone Obi Wan in this, and Obi Wan was a clone for, throughout the entire uh, the entire original trilogy, I don't know. And then Hyperspace Heroes podcast commented uh, at or hashtag clone Kenobi. <laughs> Rural farm boys, uh, just the gif of no. Uh, I don't know. I'd call him Obi clone. Obi, Obi-Wan Clonobi. Obi-Wan can, can clone. I don't know. I like Obi-Wan Clonobi. I think that's going to be that's going to be the name. Uh, anyway. OK, so that was the skinny at Star Wars skinny on Twitter. Thank you so much. And that. That does it for the uh, the predictions. <laughs> that, that was a lot of fun, guys. That was awesome. I had so much fun reading those. Thank you guys so much. I am going to have to do this again uh, because that was that was a fucking blast. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, I got to I like I'm still laughing. I'm sorry. Uh, Cotman three. <laughs> if, if you're listening, I want you to like at me on Twitter. I need to know. Are you talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi's penis? Or Luke's penis. <laughs> oh shit! Anyway, this 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 has been a very strange episode, and I want to thank you guys for listening. Everybody who commented on that uh, Twitter thread, I 
I so got to do this again. This was so much fun. Uh, you guys are awesome. I am going to leave that uh, as the end of the episode. Uh, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for always coming back whenever I have a new episode. Thank you guys for interacting with me on Twitter and making uh, my entire Twitter existence uh, so much more fun than it could be. And then other people sometimes, you know, they kind of have bad experiences. But thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, may the force be with you as always. I love all of you guys. Have a fantastic week. And let's bring on Moon Knight episode two next week. On to the next thing. Thank you. Yeah.